Do you love to love? Do you really want someone to come in and swoop you off your feet? But when and if they get a little too close for comfort, you sabotage the connection before it can hurt you? Yeah, this podcast is for you. I'm Carmen Bertlin and I'm a neurosemantics coach, yoga, meditation teacher, and I'm also human with all the challenges that come with that. This is my big leap from serial monogamous to feeling fulfilled as a single person. Consider this a guide to stepping into the shoes that you were meant to fill, so that when you meet someone, they're not a life raft, they're an added bonus. Welcome to The Single Best. I'm excited to be in your ear. This might be one of those urban myths or whatever they're called, but is a fact that when we sleep with someone, we alter a bit of our DNA with theirs. So we pick up some of their traits. They pick up a little bit of ours. If it's true, make sure you sleep with a strong and confident, kind and communicative so that we can accumulate all of those wonderful qualities. So I was back on the dating horse there for a bit, and then I realized how much I don't particularly excel at it. I'm not even being funny here. Like, yeah, maybe the first date or the second one, I'd want to go on a date with myself because I'm pretty good at it in the sense that I can keep it light and fun and sweet. But then, not so much. So I saw this guy for a bit over a month and my anxiety started creeping in after our fourth date. So it takes someone pretty calm to make me feel safe and secure, especially after intimacy. As soon as I let someone close enough that I could potentially get hurt, I just get into my head about it. So the gist of it is that if it's not progressing so fast that we move into each other with each other after five minutes, which I have a track record of doing in my previous longer term relationships, I don't quite know what to do with myself. And it seems as though I subconsciously just start sabotaging it. If there's a change of consistency in the communication, I feel as though he's lost interest and that's when I in turn withdraw and disappear into my shell like a hermit crab. My diagnosis, according to a relationship therapist, would be fearful avoidant. And this is when you swing between craving intimacy but also fearing it. So it's kind of like going between, come closer, I want this to work. And no, go away, it's not safe. Sounds like fun, right? Especially to date. But as with every path to healing, it starts with awareness and with a safe space to express what's going on without feeling like we're too much for someone to handle. The truth is you'll never be too much for the right person. If, some, if someone thinks you're too much, have them go find less. The right person will want to know what to do to make things more comfortable for you. They'd want to work at it with you how they could reassure you enough for you to feel chill. But this requires communication. So this is what we always need to work on, right? Our communication. If I shut up like a clam or keep someone at arm's length, just hoping that they'll mind read that I'm not having a good time and need some validation because my insecurities are kicking in, it's not teamwork. And ultimately, it's not fair either. What we're doing then is that we're depriving the other of the chance to help. 
and the chance to get to know us as well on a deep level. The good, the bad, and the ugly, right? It's a little bit risky, though, because you don't want to reveal all your skeletons during that first few months of dating. But that's the catch-22, because it is in those first few months that the uncertainty can really rev the anxiety into high gear. If you're familiar with attachment styles, or if not, it just be said anyway that only 55% of the population dis- display with a secure attachment style, which means that you're completely comfortable within relation to other people romantically. So the rest are either anxious, avoidant, or a bit of both. So we're therefore bound to encounter challenges in the dating pool. But it's proven that someone who's securely attached can provide the much-needed safety for other attachment styles to express themselves. So meeting a secure partner can be really comforting. Life coach Izun Anwar puts it nicely. He says this, and before I share this as well, this goes both ways. So this is, it's not just men providing a safe space for women, right? Although, you know, this particular episode is dedicated to why women stay single. Uh, but yeah, it goes both ways. Like obviously women want to provide a safe space for men as well to express themselves. It's teamwork, both both ways. Okay, so this is what he says. Easy and more. He says, if a man can't listen to his woman and feel her emotions without becoming defensive, he deprives her of the safety of being able to relax. She can't be her authentic self around him because she has to censor herself. And this happens because he's not interacting with her. He's interacting with his unhealed childhood wounds and projecting those onto her. But if he can relax and hold a loving space for her full expression, he can actually heal her by validating her reality, which will bring them closer. She doesn't want to be analyzed. She wants to know that he can remain centered and love her when she expresses her truth. There you go. Pretty beautiful, right? And, you know, I went against the sound advice of dating multiple people until one of them commits. And yet again, I got burnt. Someone got girlfriend privileges a bit too early on. But I see it as another valuable lesson. We can't keep doing the same thing and expect a different result. If you suspect that you have attachment trauma or always feel a little bit overwhelmed in the dating stage or within a relationship, working with a therapist who specializes in relationship dynamics can be really helpful. So I will list some contacts in the show notes. Now, if we want someone to be honest with us, it requires us to be honest as well. There are countless times when I wish someone would have leveled with me and told me the truth instead of some bullshit excuse to put themselves in a better light or spare me from hurt. But I've noticed that when it comes to sparing someone from hurt feelings or avoiding awkward conversation, I am just as guilty. So until I absolutely dominate in this apartment, aka easily speaking my truth, without overbearing emotion, I will let you off the hook as well. So as an example, there is a service station right down the road from my house and I used to go in there pretty much every day for a little while because 
I can confess that I'm a little bit addicted to that lift I get from a certain type of energy drink that they have in there. Maybe I should get this particular brand to sponsor my podcast. Now that's a thought. Anyway, the people who work here at the service station, they're amazing, really lovely and sweet. And one of them started suggesting that he would cook for me one time so that I could taste the food from his culture. And I was well up for that because I'm a foodie. We threw this into conversation casually for quite some time until he suddenly asked for my number. And that was the first time that the walls that I've built to protect my inner fortress of privacy came up. I was a little bit reluctant to write it down and um, I even considered writing it down wrong. Yeah, I know that's where my mind went for self-protection and I'm not particularly proud of it. Anyway, he never called. But the next couple of times I came by, he asked me when I'd be free. And both times I said that I wasn't and made some clumsy joke like, ha are you having a party then? And I even said to the other guy standing next to him, are you coming as well? Joining us for dinner? And that wasn't received so well. It's just like, whatever. I don't know why I suddenly got so awkward and couldn't straight up ask him if it was a date or just a friendly dinner. And when my cousin came over from Finland, I had her come in there with me and just sort of suss out whether I was mis misinterpreting the situation and that he was just interested in me as a friend. I mean, not that this should be a major detail, but the guy is about two heads shorter than me, like two whole heads, maybe even including hard hats. The difference is significant enough anyway to not pay attention to. Something in a can't be romantic, like what on earth is he going to do with a woman like me? My cousin took note. She said he can't stop following you around with his eyes. So my worries were confirmed then, I guess. And she was like, just ask him straight out. She said, he's so nice. You don't want to embarrass him. Make sure no one else is in the shop and just ask him. Say, look, I was wondering about the dinner. Is it just as friends because I'm not looking to date? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll ask him next time I'm in there. But did I? No. Instead... I've been avoiding the place like it's infested. I've been driving 10 minutes out on the highway and 10 minutes back up to another service station that stocks the same drink. And I haven't seen the guy for nearly two months. So when I'm cranky with some guy who couldn't tell me to my face that he's just not that into me, forgive me, for I know not how to do that myself. And until I do, I should perhaps not expect others to either. Courage is a muscle that grows a little every time we use it. And it's not about becoming some brute who doesn't fine-tune any of their truths, but it's about being a little less avoidant, a little more authentic, and finding that sweet balance between bluntness and compassionate honesty. Not the sole reason, but one of the reasons that women who want to up-level stop dating isn't because they're not looking to meet someone, because ultimately we are looking to meet someone, but it's because there are very few people who we get romantically involved with who can up-level with us and offer us that safe space to really expand. And if someone isn't adding to our lives and life with someone becomes less peaceful than life without them, then we feel like we're better off alone or at least until further notice. 
Another one of the reasons that women who are up-leveling stay single is because we have standards. We have questions. We have non-negotiables. A first date can be fun and should be fun, but there will also be a great deal of vetting going on. What did you learn from your last relationship, for example? How do you handle conflict and what are your thoughts about marriage? It isn't to scare people off, but it's to suss out where the parts align. If I'm familiar enough with myself to know that a trigger of mine is when a man goes quiet and shuts me out when conflict arises, I'll be relieved to hear a man say that he handles conflict by talking about it, trying to solve it as a team rather than on his own. And of course, there are things that I too want to solve without involving a partner. But if there is, keeping the other in the loop is pretty important. Like, hey, I'm a little withdrawn at the moment because I have some personal things going on. But know that it's got nothing to do with you. Just hold the fort and I'll be back to myself again once I handle it. Then maybe just, you know, a hug will be nice right now. Thanks. Hashtag communication goals. I had a walk with my friend this morning and she's also on the dating scene and she said that dating is a little bit less romantic now than our 20s because we're no longer willing to waste time. We need to know whether someone will be a good fit. And yeah, it might be daunting to be asked 20 questions on a first date, but if we can do it in a light, playful manner, it can be really uniting. And yeah, sure, some might say that they think or say something that they think you want to hear but let's go in with the attitude that everyone has good intentions until proven otherwise it's easy to get guarded and operate out of fear after multiple bad experiences in dating but the day we close our hearts is the day that we have lost or at least that's what I think so please don't let that happen I could sit here and say that I'm broken nobody wants me but where will that get me Let's build from the rubble instead. Every person I get involved with who it doesn't work out with, it wasn't wasted. It was another brick in my freaking castle. We live, we love, we learn. I like this. I don't like this. This is where I excel. This is what I must work on. And so it goes. Behind every motivational speaker, there is past hurt. Guaranteed. Someone who's had smooth sailing all day, every day, isn't very relatable. There's such beauty in joining with each other in this human experience. We're all just trying to figure things out. And let's forgive our parents also. It's their first time living as well. Just because someone is older doesn't mean that they have all the answers. And growth doesn't happen by numbers. It happens by experiences. This is why I ignore friends who tell me that perhaps you should go for an older man to avoid getting hurt. <laughs> yeah, right. There are 29-year-olds who have more emotional intelligence than some 50-year-olds. If we aren't willing to look at our own behavior and take accountability for our part in things, how can we expect to grow emotionally? It takes longer for some to get there, and others stagnate altogether because they're unwilling to introspect. After a certain level of maturity, age has very little to do with it. Now I'm going to outro with a quote from filmmaker Amadeus Thomas. I think this is really quite potent and just struck a chord. One of the hardest but most valuable things you will ever do in your life is distance yourself from well-intentioned people who just aren't ready to walk with you. I know you love these people from the moon and back, 
but they've already consistently proven that the work that they're avoiding will conflict with the work that you've done. Now, this takes discipline. This takes strength. This takes courage. But you owe it to yourself as a homage to the peace and joy you've intentionally nurtured within yourself. So there we go. I dedicate this episode to the women who would rather be at peace than in a dysfunctioning relationship or to continue dating someone who isn't ready to love or to be loved. You know your worth and don't self-sacrifice. I want to surround myself with you and be inspired. The goal isn't to say one day I'll find my person and live happily ever after. The goal is to live authentically and if I cross paths with a person who is in his truth and is willing to build on this with me, what a bonus that will be. Thanks again for listening and not sure what we're up to at the moment. I think we're nearing so 600 downloads. So again, super, super duper thank you. And I hope you have a good week. And I look forward to being in your ear again. Until next time, lots of self-love.